Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're now locked into the zone with Diamonds and Roses podcast, bringing you one step closer to Pacific Northwest and Southwest Canada baseball news, stories, and history. Proudly fueled by Baseballism, their America's brand, and Devo Bat Company, professional wood grain bats for the love of the game. And now your hosts, Ben and Travis. Welcome, everybody, to another great episode of the Diamonds of Roses podcast, season four, episode two, and we are coming at you with another amazing guest for this season. I mean, we're kicking it off with some great guests. First, we had Dave May of the Medford Rogues, and now we take a trip just north to Corvallis, Oregon, where we get the president, Mrs. President of the Corvallis Knights. Herself, the great one, Bree Miller. Thanks for joining us, Bree. Hey, I'm gonna have you record that or send me that recording. I can play it every time I walk in the ballpark. <laughs> that was put, awesome. We can put some really cool background music to it. I like that. I like that. Crazy. Give me chills. Yeah. So, Bree, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, heck, you know. The eight-time defending WCL champions, Corvallis Knights. And you could say this organization has just run gamut on the West Coast League since 2016. I mean, there's been no team that's won a championship other than Corvallis since then. What does it feel like to work for an organization like the Knights? Yeah, you know, the um, West Coast League... West Coast League titles have been amazing, but also the uh, perfect game national summer collegiate team of the year back to back because we didn't have a season in 2020. I mean, that still seems so unreal. And um, I mean, it's awesome. Who doesn't like to win, right? (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? Winning is fun. Under your time so far, which has been, what, 14 years right now with the Corvallis Knights, you 
you you guys have done nothing but win. I mean, are you yeah. are you that little like magic that I'm they their, needed? I'm their lady luck. Yeah, you. Have, <laughs> I mean, look, like we were just talking about this, and I looked at your back. I was looking at your background, and you don't see this a lot. Like you started off as an intern in 2007 while you were uh, were with the Knights, and interesting point here. Side note, this was the first year I think they came to Corvallis mm -hmm. after they left the Portland metro area in yep. Gresham. They were known as like the Aloha Knights or something like that mm -hmm. at the time. And then mm -hmm. they moved down to Corvallis and Bree was waiting for them. So you <laughs> interned with them and you've been with them since. You've held positions such as intern. Then you became the assistant to the president, director of business ops, assistant GM, GM, and now president. I mean, <laughs> How do you stick with an organization that long? Well, um, you have an extremely visionary leader named Dan, Dan Siegel. Dan um, the man. Dan the man. Yeah. I mean, he's really been um, my, well, he's been my only boss in my professional world. So, um, but he's, you know, always basically said, you know, the, the opportunities are whatever you decide. And so if you, if you want to, you know, be GM someday, then like, show me, you can be GM. If you want to be the president, you know, show me, show me that you can do that. And so he's always, he's never really said any, um, I mean, there's been hurdles to jump, but I mean, he's always told me, Hey, practice, keep practicing and you'll be able to jump them when the time is right. So really honestly, just being told you can, you can be whatever you want to be as long as you, you know, work hard and, and perform and are a good person, then then you, you can keep on going. So now I don't know. I guess I got to get him to retire and be CEO. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Goals. I like achieving right. goals. Say like four to five years. You can say, Dan, you know, yeah. I think it's time for you to step aside and let me be CEO now. Yeah, I think I think the cool thing too is I've, you know, we've just grown over the years yeah. as hopefully most organizations do after, um, you know, what is 14 years, like you said. So um, starting off as an intern, we averaged about 400 fans a game. And, um, you know, we did not manage um, any concessions or food and beverage opportunities. And then kind of as the years went on, we started to grow our um, community partners. We, you know, grew attendance and our marketing developed. We, I remember when we had our first billboard and it was so cool. Um, and then in 2015, we got uh, the opportunity to take over concessions at Goss during the summer, which, I mean, was a game changer just, you know, not only to control the product and the pricing because, you know, we're affordable family fun, um, but to also be able to offer, you know, seasonal jobs to the community, um, tie in different promotions. Um, one thing we're super proud of is, um, you know, shopping local. We, you know, have Block 15 beer, we have Sky High beer, we have the new Long Timber in Monroe, Two Towns, um, Knocking Point Wine. So we try to tr try to focus on locally owned um, companies that we can, um, you know, then showcase at the ballpark, which uh, we also use Van Vliet Meat out of Albany. And Jamie Van Vliet is an OSU, actually she's a Crescent Valley and OSU alumni, mm -hmm. was an intern and her family owns Van Vliet Meats. They're basically like a local Cisco um, and so we get everything from our paper products to our hot dogs from Zenners through there. So it's really cool 
um, just to support local, local people. So, yeah, I mean, it's been just fun to grow with the team. And I think that's really, really been a neat opportunity too. Yeah. Let's just stick on that point real quick. So um, you would, some probably people first think and it comes to their minds like, well, you know, if you're going to stay local, it's got, this is easy. You just have everybody there locally, but I mean, you got to tell me it's probably a little bit harder because there's certain needs that you got to fulfill and they, they got to be able to meet that demand. Mm -hmm. Um, Am I correct or am am I off my rocker on that one? Um, You mean by like shopping local using local vendors? Yeah. As opposed to like going and and working, you know, just somebody like more on a broader scale. Right. Like, yeah, like a bigger, like a bigger, yeah. company. well, for example, Levy, you know, they're in, they're in the Moda Center, they're at OSU, they obviously have national contracts they have to adhere to. Um, I think if you ask Jennifer Beaumont, our GM and, you know, uh, food and beverage manager, she would say she prefers working with local um, because you get to meet face to face, you know, Zoom to Zoom, but now we're getting back into in-person meetings. Um, and you get a, I mean, block 15 creates us our own beer and so does, um, long timber actually, so does sky high. They all created us our own beer, you know, made just for us. Um, and so I think there's that like personal community connection that you miss if you're working with a bigger brand that, you know, just frankly doesn't have the time or capacity to focus on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, also just, you know, them then further connecting our brand to their audience, you know, so Block 15 Thursdays are actually this is um, the first time I've said this, but um, we used to do a promotion with them called Block 15 Thursdays. And they're coming back um, for the first time, I think, since 2018 uh, this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they, you know, promote that to their audience, which then connects us to them as well. So, you know, again, with a bigger brand, they just might not have the, the capability to do that. So, um, I don't know that it's harder. I think, I think it makes it easier in a sense, you know? Okay. So you used the heart, the, sorry to interrupt you, but the hard part would be, you know, instead of Jen having to work with one distributor, she works with four, you know, so that maybe is, you know, logistically there's some challenges, but they're also great because they're here local and, if we need a keg tomorrow, you know, they're not going to let us run out of their product. So, yeah, um, that's kind of yeah. what I meant by like the hard part yeah. where it's, yeah. you, you can't, you don't have just one distributor. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. multiple for different areas. Um, yeah. As an intern in, uh, in 2007, like what, what brought you, uh, what, what actually made you interested in, in joining the, the Knights? as an intern like what what was that experience like yeah how'd you find out about it like what how'd you get in like what what were your goals then do you remember um I don't remember the year but it was either I think it was 2006 um Ron Northcutt at Oregon State uh baseball the he used to be the director of ops there um had me start called a program called the Diamond Aces which was a, a group of basically volunteers that helped the dugout club with selling programs and um, really just kind of fan engagement type things, um, you know, working the OSU uh, diamond dinner and, and helping with registration and, and kind of customer service type things at that. And so I had started that um, and uh, Brooke, our head coach, Brooke Knight had known about that. And so he was like, Hey, we need, we need your guys's help this summer. And so he actually reached out to me and said, 
you need to be an intern and you need to, you know, spread the word that this opportunity is, is coming to Corvallis for the summer. And, and at the time, um, I actually was dating a cowboy who, um, um, got me into, you know, riding horses and stuff. So I actually tried out for the Philomath Frolic Rodeo Queen and I almost won. I won every award besides horsemanship, which I guess is worth the most points because you got to know how to ride a horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and honestly, had I had I won, I would have wouldn't have been able to do my internship because of it, apparently, which again I didn't know when trying out, but you know their summer schedules are crazy going from rodeo to rodeo. So uh, blessing in disguise, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't win. And so I became an intern and, you know, helped Brooke and, and Dan kind of set up things. And, and Holly Jones at the time, um, she used to be our, um, COO. She's now back in, uh, where is she? Pennsylvania or, um, Virginia, I think she works, she's in marketing with Amtrak. So doing great things, but, uh, she used to be, um, an intern, uh, with the team when she was at the university of Oregon. And so she had helped the team up in Aloha with some of their low key promotions, you know, again, averaging 50 fans a game, it's not that exciting. So she helped um, relocate the team as well and um, kind of run the intern program and whatnot. And then went on to work for the NBA and then actually um, was the first uh, GM for the Victoria Harbor cats. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So she fellow friends of the North kind of come full circle. And then she ended up leaving them and came to work for us for a couple of years. And then now is obviously on the East coast, but, um, she's a very smart gal and was super helpful at getting things going here in Corvallis too. But Mm -hmm. when she left, I kind of helped take over as far as, um, you know, helping Dan with all the logistics and operations. And, you know, basically I tell my interns this, even today, you know, they're like, how did you get to be the GM or the president? What'd you do? And it's like, I kept asking for more responsibilities. So, you know, the next season would come around and Dan would be like, Hey, so you're back. Right. And I was like, yeah, what else can I do? You know, I already did this and I don't mind doing it, but what else can I do? And that's when I moved up from intern to assistant to the president, which, you know, was basically like, can you run to Office Max and get our rosters? And can you, you know, <laughs> not as fancy as it sounds, but yeah. So I always, I always tell our interns and volunteers and even our staff, like, if there's something we're doing that you, you know, excites you or you're interested in, just speak up, you know, because no one knows mm-hmm. unless you ask. So yeah, yeah, I just kept asking for more responsibility and. And now look at me. Now look at you. <laughs> so I saw something about your education that interests me. Yeah. And I see a connection here. Okay. And that connection is, is that, so you went to LBCC or Lynn Benton Community College, and then you went to Oregon State. There's a lot of the ball players that go to Oregon State that were LBCC and they go to Oregon State and then somehow managed to get themselves on the Corvallis Knights. So I, I thought that was an interesting connection. Um, yeah, and- I, I actually started off at Oregon State. Okay. Um, I was a pre-med major and it kicked my, you know what? So let's just say oh. I had to take some support classes <laughs> at LB, which actually I told I told the president, Lisa Avery, the other day we had a, a chat and I said, honestly, it was the best experience because what I needed coming out of high school was not Oregon State. I needed LB. I needed the more high school like atmosphere where 
my teacher knew if I showed up to class, they knew if I did mm-hmm. my homework. I remember walking into my first math class in, um, at Oregon state and there was 500 people. Yeah. And it was just like, no one knows if I'm here, I'm going to leave. You know, it was like, I was not, I was not an A student in my freshman year by any means, but um, I'm really thankful for the dual enrollment opportunity because I was able to stay, you know, because I lived on campus at um, Weatherford. Have you seen that dorm? No, I had not. Oh, well, next time you're in Corvallis, you need to go see it. it. We were the first class in the fall of 2004 to live in it since Brooks, do you know when that sometime in the late 80s. late 80s? They totally remodeled it. There was a sauna. They, I mean, it was oh, like geez. it was beautiful. And so uh, I was one of the um first classes to live in there in two, the fall of 2004. But, anyways, yes. So Oregon State baseball and LB baseball. I mean, Ryan Gibson was head coach. Now he's at OSU. So lots of connections. Um, and you know, Dan Siegel was instrumental in bringing baseball back to LBCC. So Mm-hmm. I mean, it's awesome to have partners so close. So I yeah, guess that Dan Siegel, man, that Dan Siegel, somehow you, you don't, you do anything with baseball in the state of Oregon and Dan's name is somehow affiliated with it. Yeah. I don't know how that guy can do it, but he is somehow affiliated with baseball throughout this state, no matter where you go. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's awesome to have an advocate like him and he, I mean, I remember when he told us we were taking over the Oregon high school all-star series and it was like, we're doing what? And now I see why we did it and why we continue to do it. And I'm excited for this year. It's on June 18th and 19th, the 6A, mm-hmm. 5A all-star series. Um, Richardson sports is our uh, title sponsor. And so, you know, he perpetuates the game, right? Keep kids yeah. playing. He's always like, if a, if a youth sports team wants us to sponsor them, you know, and then they're in our market area. Let's, let's go for it. Let's keep kids playing, which I had the T-ball and coach pitch signups last night. I'm a part of the junior dragons, uh, athletics, uh, committee down in Monroe where I live and so nice. many kids, girls and boys coming out to play the game. And it's just, it's so fun. Yeah. Wow. It's exciting, so. You're, you're like, I think Dan's wearing on you, Jack of all <laughs> <Yeah>. trades. <laughs> Yeah, no, Dan, I mean, everything, it all comes back to Dan, whether it's, you know, professional development or the, the sport in itself. It's like, he's just so instrumental in, in so many different facets. And I'm super mm-hmm. thankful to have had him as a mentor and a boss, you know, I did yeah. trouble a couple of times, but not too much. <laughs> well, I had to bring up that connection because I saw it. Uh, I saw it when I was doing some research on you and I'm like, now I get it. There's that LBCC, there's the Oregon State. They all play one yeah. and another. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, which I thought was pretty cool is that the Knights have featured um, 197 players who went on to sign MLB contracts to include an overall number one pick in Adley Rutschman. I mean, just your 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 the coaching I know is plays a huge part in it. Um, I'm guessing being at Goss and that success that Oregon State's had over the years. Um, let's dive into that real quick. Like, what what is that success that Oregon State's had? How, how has that impacted your ability as a team to also function? 
Um, you know, I definitely think there's some correlation. I mean, if we sucked and played at Goss, it would, the, the brand alignment definitely wouldn't be as cool, but, <laughs> um, I really honestly think, um, you know, our, we get our players through our partner schools. And so we are not necessarily recruiting or we don't hold tryouts as you know, you know how um, the West coast league works. And so, um, I think we're fortunate enough that, you know, Oregon state trusts us with their players and athletes and, you know, lets people like Nick Madrigal and, um, Adley Rutschman and some of those incoming freshmen, you know, spend their summer with us before going to the university. And I think if anything, um, that just that trust, and then it kind of wears on each other, right. We both were winning and having fun. And if one's doing it, the other one wants to do it. But, you know, I think, um, it goes back to the coaching staff, you know, uh, Mitch Canham obviously is crushing it right now. And, um, you know, Brooke Knight, he's, I mean, well, he's, he's consistent. He wins. He's consistent. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it goes back to your leadership and your program and, and, um, you know, obviously your coaching staff, I mean, it's so exciting to see, uh, the Beavers and, you know, Braden Wells is back. He played for the Knights, uh, Max Gordon, he played for the night. Well, he, Max, um, went on to Michigan state, right. I think, or no, he's with the he just got Max Gordon just got a job with uh, majors. majors. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Gibson, who was at LB for a little bit. Now he's at Oregon state. So it's just, I think it's just all about your leadership and, um, and again, it's, it's fun to win. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I even answered your question there. I got <laughs> think of it is just, what's also interesting is that you play at Goss stadium. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great facility. Uh, you can have a lot of people there, um, right on the Oregon State University campus. Um, and so, I mean, it's a great facility. I don't know if Dan or Brooke would admit to it, but maybe they would. But I mean, I think there is a little bit of a pressure to, you know, to be successful because you do get the opportunity to play at Goss. You know, you do get to follow the Beavers, you know, after their spring season and, you know, become the summertime, summertime you know, hometown team. So I think there is a little pressure to, you know, perform, but also, you know, just in general, Dan and Brooke, I would say everyone in the front office, we're just competitive, you know, we want to win. So it kind yeah. of just trickles out through the entire organization. Um, okay. but you know, as far as, as far as winning though, it, you know, I, I would say it comes down to our partner schools who send us quality, not only baseball, baseball players, but people, you know, like these kids are just, they're just good kids. Like, uh, Travis Bazana, like one of the coolest kids ever, you know, he came in and chatted with us a couple weeks ago and he just, and his parents actually came by last week uh, when they were in town for the, the Beaver game and just, they're just good people. And so I think that, and then coach Knight and his, you know, leadership abilities, um, you know, he obviously has some magic power that brings these guys together. Cause you know, we, we don't always start off the season hot. You, um, I've never seen Corvallis start in the years that I've been really tracking. They don't start off, but somehow just manage to kick it in yeah. and do well. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll see, but um, yeah, we've been really, been really fortunate to have just good people, you know, surround us. So, yeah. So I got a couple hard questions for you now. Okay. So this is the time when I turn it up a little bit. I got Brooks Hatch here in case it's any okay. um, statistical questions or baseball related. Okay. Well, is, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to turn it up agent. a little bit. 
If you could have okay. one superhero power, so if you could have one superhero power, what would it be and why? I mean, there's so many that it's hard to choose, but I would really love to fly. Love to fly. I love to, but I'm afraid of heights. Well, so and am so I, but I feel like if me. I'm in control, <laughs> I'm, I'm so scared of heights. I feel like if I'm in control, it would be it would be easier. But yeah, I think it'd just be so cool to be like, you know what? I'm going to Cancun. I'll see you on Monday and just fly there. There or, you go. Mock three. There, but yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'd say fly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what is your favorite baseball movie? Oh, favorite baseball movie. Brooks can't help you out with this one. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Field of Dreams, maybe. Okay, good choice. I will, I will say I just watched The American Underdog, which, by the way, Kurt Warner liked my tweet. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but it's, it's that football movie, you know, about yep. uh, his yep. story. It's about Kurt Warner. It? Yeah. No, I have not watched it yet. My coworker Derek said it looked awful, but I thought it was amazing. And um, you know, it's like a love story, but also you know, sports. And so it was really cool. But we watched it this weekend, and that's a good sports movie. Yeah, well, Field <laughs> Dreams is always a great movie. Um, you know, yeah. it's one of our favorites, and it happens to be our, one of our sponsors' sites that they uh, they are at uh, the baseballism so they're at oh yes feel the dream so they're one of our sponsors shout out to baseballism great company great Aren't organization they, how, they're just so cool yeah i just they, love it i just love all their all the stuff they do side note i'm a little crazy but i have 102 baseballism hats and they're all different hats oh wow and i need to see your hat storage because my husband's hat storage is driving me nuts it's like three it's like three shells on the top of my closet and it's and like everywhere back together. Yeah. I need to yeah. figure out something. Cause I we're my husband loves hats too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could show my hat collection. Yes. Um, <laughs> next question is other than the West coast league, what's your favorite baseball team could be MLB, MILB. What's your favorite team and who's your favorite player? I should probably say the Mariners, but honestly, I'm, I don't really go to Seattle that much. Um, so although I love the Mariners, um, probably the Chicago Cubs. Okay. Only because um, my family's from the Midwest. And so been to a couple Cubs games. My sister actually worked for the Boise Hawks um, oh. and they were a Chicago Cubs affiliate. My mm -hmm. cousin who is from Chicago worked at Wrigley. So there's lots of connections there. And I just love, love that ballpark. Um, and my favorite player... Um, it's probably Mitch Hanniger. I mean, I'll, I'll give us some Northwest love there, but, um, he's just, uh, again, you know, a, a alumni and just a all around good person. I think, you know, obviously he's crushing it. Did you see that Twitter, uh, post of him hitting like back to back home runs the other day? I am not, but I'll uh, yeah. go check it yeah. out. Yeah. So he, I'd probably say favorite player is him right now. Yeah. So the Cubs, Wrigley Field yeah. is definitely on my bucket list of uh, oh. places to go because it's definitely one of the only few old school ballparks that that mm -hmm. remain out there. I mean, and I then, got you to know, um, sorry, I cut you off again, but Darwin Barney, um, yep. his wife was my college roommate. And, you know, he played um, a couple, I don't know even how many years. I know they were in Chicago for a while. Um, and then Nick Madrigal, of course. And uh, yep. yeah. I got to so meet I, Nick I, two I, years ago. I got what? to meet Nick. I got to meet oh, Nick yeah. two years ago when he was um, 
when he was still uh, with the White Sox organization. I saw right. him, I saw him down at the uh, the ranch in spring training. So I got to be oh, more cool. my Corvallis Knights hat. And I was yes. Like, yeah, so, and Chicago, see Corvallis, see. So, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, let's get back into the uh, the other parts of the, the podcast. Thank you for taking the time out to do some yeah, fun you bet. questions. Fun. Really had to hit you with some hard ones there. Yeah. I was <laughs> so, um, one of the one of the other this is actually we talked about this earlier, but one of the uh, interesting questions that I had, and which is, you know, there there's this this push right now and for a while um, for women in baseball, and you've been actively in your uh, career because it's been a career with the Knights, and you obviously are a woman, but in on the management side of the house and worked your way up. Um, can you explain a little bit to me about like what it's like as a, as a woman to be in, in this organization and, and be in baseball as a whole? Yeah. Um, I mean, I really haven't focused much on the gender roles, um, growing up. I mean, even, I mean, my sister, um, was a tomboy growing up. She played baseball until they told her she couldn't play anymore. Um, and you know, and sometimes people, she always had short hair and they'd be like, what's your brother want to drink, you know, at the restaurant or something. I'm like, that's my sister, you know, I don't know. So gender to me, hasn't really always been something that is super focused on, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, you know, I think with the nights, I mean, I've never felt like I'm a girl, so I can't do something or I'm a girl, so I should get to do something. Um, it just really hasn't been a focus. And I mean, I think, I think having gender, uh, variety, I guess is the word and every, um, you know, profession is, is a good thing. You know, I think, I think that there's qualities from everyone that would, you know, benefit a, a profession, but as far as my journey, I, it's never really been a, um, a gender thing. I mean, I've, and I've been at meetings and things. I'm, I went to the ABCA conference and I think I saw two other women out of, you know, 5,000 dudes. So it just is what it is. I don't know. I don't, it doesn't really, it's not like a huge focus to me, I guess. If that. Okay. No, no, that makes sense. But I mean, I was just interested and I have, I'm, again, I, I just, I don't have nothing against it by oh, yeah. any means. I'm all supportive of okay. women in baseball and in different things. And I, I'm just, I wanted to get your perspective on. Yeah. I mean, I think it's topic. awesome. Like the, the coaches. And, yeah. I think it's awesome. I, I just think that it shouldn't be a big deal, but I guess it is a big deal because there haven't been. So I understand. <laughs> I just, I think I more look at the person as an individual and what are their skills? What is their background? What is their, um, um, you know, ethics and morals and are, you know, are they a good fit for, for whatever role they're doing? And if they happen to be male or female or the other pronouns that people use, then Mm -hmm. go for it. But um, I definitely think it should be encouraged and um, should be acceptable. You know, I think we're in 2022 now, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what would you tell anybody, um, who wants to be a part of an organization in, in baseball, like on, on your side of mm-hmm. the field, like what, what, what would you give them as guidance? 
Um, well, what I kind of tell our interns every year is, you know, um, do the things that other people aren't willing to do, you know, so try to stand out, whether it's, you know, being the first one to show up and the last one to leave just because you want to, you want to stand out. Or if it's walking by the trash can and although you're not, you know, the custodian, you know, taking out the trash because it looks messy and it needs to be done. So, um, I would say do things that other people don't want to do. You know, sometimes we'll be like, Hey, who wants to help do X, Y, Z, you know, and all everyone sits there like, I don't really want to do it. You know, be the first one to be like, sure, I can help, you know, stand out and, um, you know, work hard, um, be truthful and honest, not only to the people you work with, but to yourself. Um, and I, if you mess up, if you fail or whatever, just keep trying and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think it's so much, uh, mental talk to that nowadays. Like, I mean, this is, I digress a lot. Wow. But even just like, uh, this is silly, but doing the dishes before I go to bed at night, like if I wake up to a clean kitchen, my day is a thousand percent better, but some nights I literally will walk like through the kitchen. I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like doing it. I'm not gonna do it. And then my other brain will be like, just do the dishes. And so I'm like, okay, fine. And so it's just like, I don't know, pushing yourself to don't hold yourself back. We all hold ourselves back in different capacities. And if we can just break those barriers and just, you know, give it our all, do the best you can and, and be happy with it, then I feel like good things come your way. Yeah. Have we seen, have we seen three peak yet in her positions? I mean, you've clearly got goals in mind. And I want to know what those goals are. Um, you know, as far as my position, I focus more on, you know, not just me, but the team in general. But I will say after the 2019 season, we were humming hard. We hired two new people. We were, you know, we were hitting attendance records. It was a great year. And then boom, 2020 hit. Um, thankfully last year we were able to have a season and for the most part, um, had a fairly normal season with COVID kind of ending at the end of June and then kind of coming back the middle of August. So we got lucky, but I mean, um, I just really want to see, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I never say never, I guess, but you know, you go to a Beaver game and they average 3000 fans a game. You know, so I'd really love to see, we're about 1600 fans a game. I'd really love to get to 2000 fans a game and just, just create that, um, hub of community activity and, and see those people out at the ballpark and having a good time. I tell a lot of people, you know, they'll say, what's the best thing about, you know, working for the Knights. And it's like giving back to the community. I grew up here, you know, I, we used to ride the city bus for fun. We used to like ride it downtown and go to Dairy Mart and get, penny candy and just like just be silly kids you know and so to provide a summer entertainment option to the community you know has really been rewarding and I just want everyone to experience it and I know that there are still people that haven't been to a game that live Mm -hmm. you know live in the area so I think just just I think my peak would be when that when that stadium is humming and it feels like a fireworks night every night you know Mm -hmm. yeah so speaking of games Oh yeah, go ahead. Speaking of games, what do what what do we have coming up this year? What can we the fans mm-hmm. see coming to Goss this summer? 
So we, and again, this is all top secret. I haven't told anybody about that. Oh, the GCU team is uh, walking by my office right now. They got a game with the Beavs at 535. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are switching things up a little bit this year. And we are not doing 30 different promotional nights. Mm-hmm. So in the past, you know, we've done like SpongeBob SquarePants night and Christmas in July night and all these things. And, and honestly, the feedback we've got from fan surveys is those things are great. Those things are fun. But the, the reason why we come to a night's game is a couple of reasons. One, it's a fireworks show. They love fireworks. Two, it's a giveaway. You know, they get a free hat, they get a baseball, whatever. And then three is based on their availability. If they, if it's Tuesday night, they have nothing going on. They can come to the game. Great. Very rarely, I'd say 10% maybe look and go, oh, it's Star Wars night. I got to be there. Or, oh, it's, you know, Christmas and July night. I got to be there. They just really don't care. Like, and it's, at first it was kind of like, oh, that's sad. All the energy we put into it. And then as a front office, we're like, well, then let's focus our energy somewhere else. And so we are revamping our in-game experience. So the between any promotions, um, you know, the in-game contest, the food and beverage specials, and just everything that you get experience during the game and not just necessarily like a video clip of, of Patrick being silly on the scoreboard or, you know, like just crazy different things. Not to say we won't have some theme nights. We're definitely going to do a military appreciation night. Um, Jen, my coworker is uh, battling cancer. So we're going to do another strikeout cancer night. Um, So we've got some fun things to still, you know, bring community together at the ballpark, but we really want to heighten our entertainment aspect. And so um, I think what fans can see is, is, is that, and, and they'll just have to come and see for themselves what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. When do you, uh, yeah. when's your season kick off at the end of May, beginning of June? Yeah. I think it's the first weekend in June, Brooks. Does league play start? Yeah. It's June 3rd. Yeah. June 3rd. June 3rd. Uh, but of course, are you at home or are you we're away? Bl- so we're blacked out for the first two weeks in um, June because the Beavs will be playing still. Okay. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so our first home game is uh, Friday, June 17th. June 17th. And so who's we, that we against? Uh, Yakima. Yeah. Oh, the Pippins. You, and you, you guys just played them in the championship. I know. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Um, which I love Jeff and his staff up there. They do great jobs. But um, yeah, so we always start off the first couple weeks of the season on the road. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy. We do have a game in May. Um, however, we'll probably have like 10 players. So who knows? It's a school's day. We bring 3000 elementary school kids to the ballpark and the, the, um, energy is, is insane. It's like one of the best games ever, just because they scream for no reason. And they just have a great time. (laughs) (laughs) We're playing the Northwest stars, um, uh, kind of club team, I guess you call it. Yeah. Um, they'll be coming down for a 10 a.m. first pitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. That's the early game. Did you have that this past year? Um, we didn't have it in 2021. Um, we haven't had it actually since 2019, but this will be our, okay. I, think it's our I think it's our eighth annual school's day. So it's awesome. I mean, the teachers love it. They We have, um, we work with the colleges of science and engineering at Oregon State and 
they set up exhibits and, you know, art projects and engineering projects and just, it's very interactive for school-aged kids. And then also, you know, you get experience the baseball game and, and um, have fun as a class towards the end of the school year. So. Awesome. Well, it sounds like it's going to be another uh, try at a, you know, back-to-back champion. I mean, you could legitimately say, I'm just trying to look at my notes. So let's see. Uh, back to back to back to back, back to back, back to back to back. To back, to back, to back, to back. It's like Chris Hey, I will say going back to the um, promotional schedule. Um, so every Friday and Saturday night, there's going to be either a fireworks show or a giveaway. Okay. So that's kind of exciting. And that's kind of what, what are the marketing angle we're going at it instead of, you know, here's our 30 crazy promotional nights. Um, we're focusing more on our Friday, Saturdays, and then Sundays are our Squires Club. So kids that are members of that get in for free. Um, Tuesdays are Two Towns Tuesdays, so discounted cider. And Wednesdays are Wine Wednesdays, so Knocking Point um, it does some wine specials for us. And then Block 15 Thursdays are back. So we'll Excellent. have um, a discounted beer option on Thursdays. So. Awesome. Well, we'll keep you hydrated all summer long. <laughs> yes, totally. Well, you can find the Corvallis Knights at Corvallis, which is C-O-R-V-A-L-L-I-S-N-K-N-I-G-H-T. The Corvallis Knights, I believe CorvallisKnights.com maybe is where you that's, can find it. Yeah. So that's how you spell it, CorvallisKnights.com. And I'm sure you can hit them up on the Twitter sphere and Instagram and all of the favorite things. I'm sure they have a TikTok account too. You see Brie up there dancing on TikTok. Right, I know. We, we got to add, some, we got to add some new content, but yes, we do have a TikTok and um, we actually have a pretty cool YouTube channel as well. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Brie, thanks so much for uh, joining us. I really appreciate the time. And it's finally great to have you on the episode. And I look forward to seeing you in person this summer at some point. So that way I, I like can it. say, free holiday. <laughs> I love right. it. Well, thank you, Brie. Appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. You have a great day wherever you are at. And peace out. Peace out.